Welcome to the Backwoods Band Room. I'm your host, Lance Jones, coming to you from my own band room on a hilltop somewhere in central Pennsylvania. This podcast is all about discussing the things we face as rural school music teachers, like teaching small ensembles or working with limited budgets, or just helping students juggle the multiple activities they're in, like when your piccolo players all play football. Ugh. This is Season 2, Episode 2, and today we're discussing a new year, a new job, and a new way. Well, hey, welcome to Episode 2. Hope everyone's having a great start to the year, and that's what this episode's about. But before we dive in, I have to mention last month's episode was all about establishing a wellness practice of writing, and I wanted to pass on. I've actually started a new wellness practice myself. My wife bought me a large water jug and that's my new practice is I'm drinking water and I know I'm I know this is I'm so behind on this trend people have been carrying around jugs of water like they're going on a hike through a desert for like two years now but I didn't know I cared about drinking more water but I do now because my wife told me and she bought me a water bottle so that's my new practice and I've been going all in. I took it to trainings this summer. I was the water bottle guy. I would just go from seminar to seminar and people would say things like, oh, there's Lance in his trusty water bottle or, oh, there's the water bottle guy. And I may have been saying that under my breath and people looking at me. But if you ask me what my goal is, I, I don't really know. Um, I, I guess there's health benefits. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're out there. Um I know one goal is I guess your pee is supposed to have no color whatsoever and you're supposed to use the restroom as much as possible throughout the day. I guess that's the everyone's starting point. So <laughs> wish me well on my, uh, my new wellness adventure. All right, let's get into it. So I started my current post in 2019, just months before the COVID shutdown. And in many ways, I am still a very new teacher at my school. I'm still learning my own schedule and procedures and even the way my district handles things from budget to field trip requests. So we're gonna look at some things that hopefully can assist you in the start of your school year, whether you're in your first year in the profession or you're transitioning to a new district or a new setting. I hope this episode serves as maybe a checklist of sorts if you're starting a new job or just a series of reminders to help you navigate your year for those of you who may not be new but just get so overwhelmed during this time of year. So here we go. Um, Disclaimer, there are tons of resources and advice out there for starting a new job. You just need to take a minute and search the interwebs for whatever works for your situation. What we're going to do today is a deep dive into the logistics of starting a new gig. And I've curated kind of a list of things I've seen as a department chair over the last several years and both districts that I've worked in. And so these are the the top issues that new colleagues and I seem to navigate every year. Okay, so first there are some things that you need to establish relatively quickly once you get started in your new digs. I think first of all, we need to start with your schedule and let's go micro to macro. First of all, let's make sure you understand your daily schedule. Are all your classes in your room? Are you moving? Do you have any coverages in the morning or afternoon? Are you on some type of weekly rotation? If you're elementary, how often are you seeing each grade level? Are you on a four-day rotation or a six-day rotation? If you are teaching multiple levels like middle school and high school, you might be teaching multiple rotations simultaneously. 
And if I lost you there, let me back up. So I'll use my own schedule for an example. My high school classes, which I teach a guitar class, a music and film class, and high school concert band, those classes run on a two-day rotation, which are denoted A and B days. My middle school classes, which include beginning band, middle school band, and lessons five through eight, run on a four-day schedule, which they denote one through four. My middle school is also on a block schedule while the high school runs an eight-period day. So there is, let's say, an opportunity to translate, adapt, and create a schedule that allows you to navigate both buildings if you need to. Your schedule can also change quarterly or semesterly, but for now, just figure out where you're going and when students are coming to you Monday through Friday. All right, so after you have your daily schedule figure out, let's zoom out a little bit. While your performances may seem like a lifetime away, you wanna find where these are scheduled or when they're expected to happen. If you're instrumental or choral, this is probably gonna be your winter concerts. And if you're elementary or general music, you might have something scheduled for Halloween or some type of Veterans Day program. And if so, those events are going to heavily dictate how you run your classes or ensembles for the first quarter. And we'll zoom even further out on your schedule in a minute, but let's go to the other thing that you should probably establish, which is your communication, not just with students, but with parents and community as well. Um, Beyond Google Classroom or whatever platform is designated to your district, you'll have to be using some type of app like Remind or Class Dojo or Parent Square or even adding a group on social media so that way you can get information out to parents and community in a timely manner regarding fundraisers and performances and other events. And those things can't communicate um, as efficiently on Google Classroom. Those are great for your students, right? But yeah, unless your parents are checking the Google Classroom, you're going to have to use something so that you can get the information out to parents. Just you don't use Facebook because ugh. All right. Secondly, it is going to be super helpful to build a support system and get a few people to lean on in your first year. Here's some people you should look for. One, find and introduce yourself to your department chair and the rest of your arts colleagues. These are going to be your lifeline regarding most of the items that you're trying to get established, like your performance calendar or what's expected of your programs, how your schedule works, and you're probably intertwined when it comes to curriculum and budget information. So find those people. Secondly, you want to make sure you know your union officers and your building reps. These people are going to let you know how to appropriately fill out for a sick day, vacation time, if you need to apply for professional development time. Um, how your two-hour delay schedule is going to work, things like that. And third, get to know your neighbors, you know? Be a good neighbor. Some of us may be the only music teacher in the building, and your room may not be logistically situated near other art specialists. So in this case, being on a first-name basis with your neighbor is helpful as you work together in the day-to-day -day grind throughout the school year. But remember, two things regarding your support system. If there is a group of newer teachers in your district you can create your own support system and look after each other. You can also reach out to your local music community and your MEA district for guidance or a mentor program. And never forget the importance of building relationship with your support staff. There are innumerable times that your success will be directly connected to the cafeteria, maintenance, and secretarial staff. You'd be surprised how many of our colleagues and other quote-unquote professionals forget this reality and neglect to give these people their due respect and thanks.
Okay, so number three. So we've kind of got our daily grind figured out, and we know the people we can lean on. And number three, we need to prepare ourselves for events and procedures that are going to throw us off course. So let's go back through some of these items we've discussed already and highlight what could possibly throw you for a loop. So if we zoom way out at your schedule, again, you have your daily grind mapped out already. And at some point, you want to look at your schedule for fall events, such as open house, parent-teacher conferences, in-service days. You also may want to ask whoever your support team is or your union peeps how the holiday schedule works. Do you have a half day? Do you have an early dismissal? How does the schedule change? What's the expectation for those days? Are there music performances for the staff and students those days? What's expected from you as far as participation, dress, etc.? Okay. Now, if you look even further down the calendar, you're going to want to address how your district plans and executes testing schedule in the spring. How does that affect you and your classes? Are you proctoring? Are you covering? Are you having classes? Are they canceled? You'd be amazed how this differs from building to building and district to district. Also in the spring, you may have multiple spring breaks. You might have a book fair or field days if you're in the elementary, and you need to have it on your radar so you can learn how to navigate. And this is where even seasoned teachers get tripped up. You find a lot of colleagues that either just let that calendar happen to them, and it becomes kind of this excuse of why things can or don't get done. And maybe there's nothing that can be done, but at least you do your due diligence and kind of explore how you can adapt to a wonky schedule. And if nothing else, you know what's happening and you know how you're affected way in advance which keeps you from getting blindsided and then being salty about it for a while after. Okay, let's go back to performances for a second. If we kick the can further down the road after we have our performance scheduled, we can start now looking at what's expected at these events. Do you get time in school for dress rehearsals? Or is this expected or has past practice been that these things take place after school? Maybe maybe your school expects some type of parent or in-school performance in the afternoon as well as an evening concert. These are things you want to look into. All right, lastly, let's look at procedures. So try not to wait until the first day you get sick to find out the procedures on subs, sub plans, how to put in for a teacher absence, all that type of stuff. You also want to find out far in advance what the procedure and paperwork is for filling out for field trip requests. Do you need to get parent signature and teacher signature across the board for any class kids are missing? Are you responsible for setting up the transportation for those field trips or festivals? Those are things that you want to find out uh, now before the things happen because you would be astounded how far in advance some of that paperwork needs to be done or uh, uh, how quickly it doesn't happen. It's a process that takes time where you know you sign a thing, someone signs a thing, someone calls someone who signs a thing, who stamps a thing, who calls somebody else who tells you, yeah, go ahead and schedule your transportation. It can be a bit of a mess. And so you don't want to wait to the last minute and you don't want to forget, oh yeah, I have a festival. Oh yeah, I have an audition I have to take students to. Those things you want to figure out. Who do you ask about those things? Could be your support system, could be your department chair, could be your union officers and reps. Hey, before we come down off our hilltop, let's recap. Coming into your new year, there are things that you need to address and establish as soon as possible. First one's your daily schedule. Don't wait 
two or three rotations before you know what when you're seeing your classes and who the kids are because before you know it, you're almost halfway through the first nine weeks before you've even established a foundation and started anything in your classes. Make sure you have your performances scheduled for the fall. Know what's coming at you. And make sure you have some form of communication established, not only between you and your students, but your parents and your community. Number two, identify or create your own support group. So find your group of arts colleagues or find your group of new teachers that you're joining the district with and make your own support system or go outside and find your musical community, your MEA, your uh, local MEA district that may have a new teacher program or a mentor program and go after it. Number three, be prepared to be thrown off course. And the best way to counter it is to anticipate it and know that it's happening and then do your best to plan through it or around it. But again, if you are a seasoned teacher, you and I both know these are things that catch all of us every year. It's the same things that stress people out, that burn people out. And yet you'll find we'll have colleagues that year after year don't even attempt to navigate around these events or these certain times of year. And they just chalk it up as a loss because, I mean, I guess I'll just say it. It's just easier, isn't it? It's it's easier to point a finger and say it's someone else's fault that I'm not getting my rehearsal time or I lost class time or, uh, you, you know, that I'm not seeing my classes in my room you know, whatever the case may be, but there are things you can do. You know, you can plan your rehearsals around that, knowing that you're going to work on a different project because you're going to have less time during that season, that you're going to send the instruments home uh, a few days earlier because you know you're not going to see them for a week. Uh, There's different projects you can send them home with. There are things you can try or do. But for now, if you are a first-year teacher or it's your first year in the district, you just want to write these things down as they go and keep that calendar as you are anticipating things for the next year. So there's no way probably you're going to see all the trains coming your direction, but keep a planner, keep a calendar, jot these things down as you know, oh yeah, this is a half day. This is how the day before Thanksgiving break or the day before the winter break went, and you can keep a log of that stuff and hold on to that so that way you know how to plan out for years to come. Hey, before we wrap up, I just want to give a shout out to Sue Colonna, who is starting a new position on a new hilltop this year, and Stacey Dasko, a great backwoods artist and friend who's getting back in the saddle in the classroom this year. Also a shout out to Adam Bukowski, who is going to be a hometown hero in his district this year, and also to Jenny Fox, and to you or anybody else that's starting a new job, starting your first job or just committing to that first year, first step forward in whatever position you're in. So we'll see you next time on the Backwoods Band Room. Until then, happy music making.